Slapping the bar. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Coming at you Sunday, September twenty second, from the heart of the combat zone. Your host Sam Yarbs, Maddie Green Thumbs. Matt, how's your garden coming along? Man, I got this amazing watermelon growing. I showed Sam a picture. If you're at home. Just Google large green grape, and you will see the size of my It water. looks delicious. Can't wait to get just, on that. But uh, Just Google largest grape ever, and that's the same size as my watermelon. But I'm, the watermelon's coming in strong. The, garden, the gardening is strong with this one. We're here to come at you with a, a quick pod. We're reacting to the, the latest Mega NBA. Trade. Holy Shocker. Holy we, thought it was, we thought we were getting ready for the season. Now, NBA offseason is done with us, man. Ridiculous. Carmelo Anthony is traded to the New York Knicks for Enos Cantor. Uh, Doug McDermott and the 2018 Bulls second round yeah. pick going to New York City. Another seismic trade in an offseason that has featured, uh, and it really touches on all the themes of the NBA offseason, doesn't it? Uh, another great player moving from east to west. Wow. Another consolidation of superstar talent. And another Eastern Conference team declaring itself racing for the bottom of the toilet bowl. Uh, what a uh, what an interesting. Um, yeah, if you're a fan of this podcast, please vote for Sam and I for the. Eastern Conference All Stars. We have a real, <laughs> a legit chance to make it this year. Like, there's, there's no one else. It's getting worse it's, and worse. It's just us. It's gonna be hilarious. Their starting lineup is gonna see be Vucevic. hilarious. It's gonna be so fun. Their bench is gonna be ridiculous. Del so we're gonna break down. Tell <laughs> Delvis. We're gonna break down this trade. Uh, we're looking at it from. Uh, let's quickly touch on the point of view of the Knicks and then get into the the uh, the obvious winners, at least receiving the best player in this trade, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, so let's start with the New York. Knicks. Uh, Matt, at the start of the offseason, uh, when um, they were talking about potentially exploring trading Carmelo Anthony, the Knicks said that in order to entertain any trade about Carmelo Anthony, they needed a combination of the following three things back. They Mandatory. A, M- must have these. A scoring wing to oh, replace yeah. Carmelo Anthony's production. For sure. Uh, short-term contracts, so nothing that's going to burden them long-term and lock them up down the future. Help and win this year. several draft assets several. going forward. Given the return, what do you think about this trade from the New York Knicks perspective? Well, they got jack shit. Jesus. <laughs> they got nothing. You think about how much they gave up? They give, you look at the, the Nuggets roster right now besides Djokovic. Yeah. Like, the whole Nuggets roster was from the Carmelo trade. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Danilo, yeah, filling in some of the salary. Wilson Chandler, J.R. Smith. Like, it just, it was, they gave up so much to get him. And it just shows... How you can ruin a player's value, like how you can, how you control the narrative. Excellent point. Yeah. And you know, Phil Jackson's probably number one to blame. Like just criticizing this guy all the time, and then when you go to trade him, you're like, oh yeah, well we need we need multiple first round picks for this guy. Like, mm-hmm. oh that guy you said is a ball hog and can't win and is not a competitor. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That guy. The guy <laughs> you said who'd be better off on a different team than yours. Like that guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're going to give up the farm for that guy. Sure. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, just, I mean, just what a way to, down. I mean, ridiculous. moving too late to, to, to trade the guy. I mean, all of the classic bad franchise mistakes here, hanging on for too long with no yeah. real clear plan of how you're going to win with that particular player. Giving him a no trade con. I mean, no, yeah. trade clause is the biggest, biggest I mean, mistake. And there's got to be regret on both sides uh, for that contract. You know, Melo apparently has privately expressed frustration saying that at times I should have signed with Chicago. You know, um, uh, uh, but at the same time, he, he, cho- he chose to stay in New York. He took the money and, and he stayed there. So that that's on him. Um, all right, I think we both feel the same way about this for the Knicks. So, so let me try to play a little devil's advocate here. I, I, okay. You can, sh- you can feel free to feel free to shred this. Um, 
The second uh, round's looking deep in 2018. Enos Cantor um, has a $19 million player option for 2018. That is conceivable. That as a big man, he, he could potentially turn that down. Um, Doug McDermott is a restricted free agent after this year. So those technically qualify as short-term contracts, maybe not clogging up their cap sheet for a long time. Did that do anything for you? <laughs> moving the this needle. This is your star. You have so much to get him. So I think the real question is, like, is this almost a salary dump? Because what OKC gave up, like, Enos Cantor is good, but... I don't think anyone would take on his contract. Maybe, maybe Does he make any sense teams. next to Porzingis? Does he make any sense? No. I guess he's a he is a he's a low post player. Whereas Porzingis would be more on the outside a bit. He's a he's a rebounder, but, but he's he, a backup he, big, right? We yeah, agree. He, he's a backup big. He's a backup big who can't and, play defense. And he signed a max contract uh, a couple of years ago, which no. doesn't look horrible now, but it, it was a max contract. I'd be real worried about him picking up that nineteen million player option. Is he getting nineteen million a year outside of New York? Uh, yeah, I, I think he can get twelve million a year for like four years. So I think he so maybe he drops he in, picks up, takes out of that. But he, but he might not. The interesting thing about Kenner, he's only twenty five. Yeah, that's it, crazy. It, he's I thought. really good at what he does. He's a great bench scorer. Bench he's scorer, really good at that. rebounder. Uh, he, he, he hogs boards. Does not play defense. Uh, only twenty. I was really surprised. I feel like he's been in the league for like twelve years. I feel like you know. I feel like he's always been in the league. But uh, yeah, only twenty five years old. But so the question I have for you is, do you think if he was just like on the waiver wire, mm-hmm. hypothetical waiver wire, where you just you could just take him no. and have his salary, do you think any team would actually take him and pay him his nineteen million a year? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, not so, a team, not a, at least not a team that was interested in winning this year. So then, okay, if, if it's sort of on the the side of a salary dump, where I mean, maybe not a huge salary dump, but like teams don't want to, you attach a second round pick, which is not much of a sweetener, and then Doug McDermott, which has been okay at times, but is you know probably not going to be a great player. We kind of know what he is. He's not yeah. very good. You can't take it a flyer. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. like a ninth man or something. It's so rough. Are these enough sweeteners? Like it. It just seems like if Cantor's, if no one would take on his contract, and the sweeteners you added are not very sweet. Yeah. This is a bitter trade. Like you're basically yeah. just salary dumping Carmelo. So what or, do you think was a trade? But what, there's no value for the Knicks. What do you think was value. a worse package? Cantor, Doug McDermott, and the 2018 Bulls second round pick, or uh, Sabonis and Oladipo for Paul George. Uh, I think, I think the 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 latter. I, I think, or sorry, I think the former. I think Oladipo and Sabonis both are good. Pl- I, yeah, I, I, they I, I think be, they're good players. Oladipo yeah. is a starter, right? He will start. And Sabonis started last year as a as a rookie. Will like, any of these guys start? Cantor, Doug McDermott. No, if they, or the second round pick, yeah. or the cash consideration. I mean, it's wild. None of these it's wild. So this is officially the worst trade package we've seen for a superstar. Or would oh, you yeah. consider Melo oh, yeah, a superstar? Sure. Would you consider Melo a superstar? I think on the right team he can be again. I think he can be too. I, I, I've been down on him like his whole career since leaving yeah. Denver, but I think, I think on this team he's going to be really good because yeah. you look at yeah. the team, Paul George. Yeah, let's move to Oklahoma City. Let's move ah, away from okay, the Knicks. Okay. Let's leave the carcass of the Knicks in our rearview mirror, uh, and and whatever is going to go on with them. And uh, let's move to the Oklahoma City Thunder. So yeah, I, I talk about he, that. I, I think he can be a superstar. So on this team, I think this is a perfect fit, and I think Oklahoma City Thunder are going to shock some people. And I think their ceiling 
their ceiling, best case scenario, is beating the Warriors. I think they're that good. Beating the Warriors. Wow. Okay, that's they, great. Their ceiling. I yeah, mean, their ceiling, yeah. I think this could go wrong because they're so shallow. They, they just have very little depth. Mm-hmm. But so, if you're going to put Russ, Paul George, and Carmelo on a team, you mm-hmm. need two other guys who can play off the ball, play defense, be role players. That's Roberson, and that's Steven Adams. Steven Adams never has plays called for him. He just tips in the ball. He's just like the perfect fit for them. I mean, it'd be better if you had like Porzingis, a guy who could stretch the floor. But, you know, you got a defensive-minded dude, and he doesn't want the ball. So mm-hmm. it's just the perfect fit. Yeah. The problem, and then I'm, I'm going to let you, I'm going to ask you the same question. The problem, like it was last year, is their depth. Who's their backup point guard? Samaje Christensen? Mm. Who's their backup big man? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, that's a real question. Who's their backup big man? Like, just going through the list, like, also they have Patrick Patterson. That That's a... Yeah, I want to talk about, about that so briefly. So that's six. But then, then you're going to Kyle Singler, Raymond Felton, Nick Collison, like, Alex Abrinas is a, a two or three. Like, they, they don't have depth. But mm-hmm. maybe depth is something they can pick up. Like, you can pick up role players around the trade deadline. So, yeah. I, I like this team and I like their potential. I actually like, I, I agree, I think, at the point guard position, their, their depth is, is very, very sketchy. Aside from that, though, I think they have a decent um, a decent eight or nine man rotation. Wow. Which is kind of what you want to look wow. at. I mean, so I, I think it's only 60. The projected starters, seven. the projected starters are going to be um, uh, Westbrook, Roberson, Paul George, Mello, and Steve Adams. Yeah. Zach Lowe uh, on Twitter uh, tweeted out a, a potentially interesting crunch time or small ball lineup where you move Patterson to um, to the where Patterson moves to the center. Five? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and Adams actually plays like a, f- uh, a roving four with uh, Russell, uh, George, and Mello. Um, basically, you look at the defensive side of the ball, you've got uh, Roberson and Jeremiah Grant, uh, who are both lockdown defenders. Oh, Roberson, one of, the, one of the best lockdown defenders in the league. Yeah. Uh, for bigs, you've got Adams and, and Patterson. Adams is a, is, you know, a board crasher, um, uh, a pick-and-roll rim runner. Patterson has stretched the floor, moving the ball outside. I love that. Uh, shooters, uh, Abrines or Abrines? Abrines. Uh, you know, definitely a shooter. Uh, they got that they, that kid, uh, Ferguson, who's, a, who's a, an excellent spot-up shooter. So that's one, two, three, four. That's six players right there, aside from Westbrook, George, and um, and Carmelo. So that's a, that's a decent nine-man rotation there. Definitely a secondary playmaker slash ball handler is, is what you are missing when Russ goes to the bench. But... Can uh can Mello or George pick up some of that playmaking uh that playmaking spot? Can they do to do some of that? Yeah, I mean they have an embarrassment of talent. It's on, crazy on this team, and they have players who want the ball in their hands. So staggering them makes a lot of sense. I love the point you made about uh, about going head to head with the Warriors because I think that um what have we what have we learned about what does it take to beat the Warriors? What have we learned about what is the key to beating the Warriors? What do you need to do? I think you need a point guard who is unafraid to go head-to-head with Curry on both ends of the floor. Both ends. Especially, you know, either either an Irving type who's unafraid of the big shot and the big moment, or even like an Avery Bradley, like, balls-out defender guy. Some, just someone who's yeah. going to attack Curry on one end of the floor relentlessly and, and try to keep pace with what Curry's doing out there. Um, you need a, a fulcrum, a, a playmaker... A, a sizable wing scorer defender who's going to bring it on both ends of the floor and provide kind of a fulcrum for the team. And outside of that, you need shooting. 
And I think that OKC fits that bill. I think that OKC, you know, Westbrook's not afraid of anybody. Paul George, if he can, um, if he can recover to form. Carmelo and Patterson. Melo was a 40% three-point shooter on spot-up threes last year. Uh, Patterson's a great stretch on the floor. They've, in, they've increased the shooting on the floor. The big question for me this year about their ceiling is Paul George. Which Paul George are we seeing this year? I think he's going to show up. I mean, he's there for a year. He forced his way out of Indiana. He's there for a year. Like, why not go all out? Because if you're going to go to the Lakers next year, you're not going to win the championship. Even if LeBron comes and Westbrook comes, like, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. This is a really legit chance to win the championship. And I think I think we're going to see the best of him. So I, I've got three questions for you, Sam. All right, yeah. The first one, what's their, what's their best case scenario? What's their ceiling? The best case scenario, I think, is the number two seed in the Western Conference. How, I, I how many wins? Uh, I think... High fifties, I think a fifty-eight, fifty-nine win team. Um, if they get to, I think the best case scenario is, is you know sixty, sixty-one wins. Um, but I think that uh, I like them for high fifties. All right, mid high fifties, fifty-six, fifty-seven. I like them high fifties right now. I, I, I'm I'm big on Melo. I think that on this team, I'm big on Melo. I'm big on Melo in general. I'm a, I'm a wow, Melo fan. I really? like you're a Melo fan. I'm a Melo fan. Yeah. All the way from Syracuse back in the day, I've always just believed that he is a shot maker and a scorer who has been forced into his playing a certain style by choices that he's made that have kept him on certain teams. His head necessarily hasn't been always in the game, but I think that um, you know, I think that he's going to be, uh, I think he's going to be a fantastic player on this team. So. Yeah, man, Melo can just score buckets at will Olympic when, when Mello, he's man. playing in the Olympics. Olympic Melo, <laughs> Olympic Mello. my you, least you, favorite team. Give me to the punchline. <laughs> appearing again. Does this unlock Olympic Mellow, Matt? Does this unlock <laughs> Olympic Mellow? He could be this way. He could just every night somehow play against a Lithuanian player on <laughs> yeah, his yeah. team. Like somehow it could match up perfectly. Like yeah, maybe when he's playing the Utah Jazz, he'll have an all <laughs> Lithuanian all national players. Who knows on the Jazz anymore? Yeah. Okay. Second question: What's their what's their their basement? Like what what's the worst case scenario? How do you see yeah. this going? Like the worst case scenario? Are we are we gonna eliminate injury from this? Because injury, obviously, I guess you yeah. can't totally eliminate injury. Let me eliminate, as long as Russ is healthy, I don't see worse than the fifth or sixth seed for them. So, let's eliminate, let's eliminate the... injury, except for players who are chronically injured. Okay. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. yeah. Nothing fluke, but it's like... Player, yeah, exactly. If, yeah. if uh, Joachim Noah is yeah, yeah, going to get injured. Yeah. Like you, you got to kind of plan that in your Yeah, I mean, barring catastrophic in- injury to... I mean, even injury to Paul George or Melo, I mean, a catastrophic injury, obviously taking enough for the year, but just missing some time for those guys. I think that, you know, the I mean, Westbrook dragged that team to the fifth seed last year. He is such an insane killer, and he's still so in his prime that I don't see him being worse than the fifth or sixth seed as long as Westbrook is playing consistently, which is why I think this team's ceiling is so exciting because Westbrook by himself drags that level up, uh, drags that basement level up. So um, that's what I think makes it so interesting, uh, especially in the, in the Western Conference, which as we talked about in our last pod when we were doing these picks, the bottom half of the playoff seeds for the Western Conference got um, significantly, have all gotten significantly worse. A little dry here, yeah. Um, 
So there's, I mean, the Western Conference still is the premier conference. The teams at the top have consolidated, have gotten better, have made huge additions. OKC foremost amongst them. But um, that bottom half of the Western Conference playoff seeds have either stood pat or, in the case of the Utah Jazz and Memphis Grizzlies, gotten significantly worse. So um, uh, definitely, definitely going to be interesting. Yeah. Okay, you ready for my hot take? Yeah, ba bang. No, I'm coming off the bench for this one. All right, here we go. It's yeah, the heat check moment. The heat check, heat check. <laughs> hey, Matt, what you need to do? Get some instant offense, man. Get in there. Yeah, check in. You're checking in for Russ. You're the backup point guard. Speaking of Russ. <laughs> Speaking of Russ, got a little nosebleed. <laughs> yeah, this is podcast professionals. And mid podcast, Matt just suddenly got a nasty nosebleed. <laughs> it is a little dry in my apartment. Uh, it's a little bit uh, slightly. That's probably yeah. a good excuse. Yeah. Okay, I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding for this. I, I'm that passionate about this take. I've been doing ketamine all afternoon. This is this is the hottest take I've ever taken. I've, I've never I've never been bleeding during a hot take. Yeah, Russell Westbrook will break the single season per game assist record next year. The per game assist record. Who currently holds the per game assist record? Yeah, I'm actually googling that as I got a nosebleed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nosebleed. I don't know. I don't know. Good so that's uh, that's fifteen point six. Fifteen point six. Who holds that record? I just closed my phone. Sorry. Oh, it's gotta be. It's gotta be. Was it like Chamberlain during that year who decided to only pass to people? That'd so, be a fantastic one to look up. Talk about it a little bit. Okay, Sam's gonna look this one up. Here's my reasoning behind this: is that last year was Russell Westbrook's like, oh, you're gonna leave me? You don't think I'm the MVP? You don't think I'm good enough to play with? I'm going all out. I'm going to show you I'm the best player. And he won the MVP. He was the best player last year. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard to argue against that. Durant left, and he showed that he is the best player of all time. Is it, uh, I, think, I think that's John Stockton. That's so, so John Stockton, how many was it? Uh, well, this I only have the total um, 1,164, which is an insane amount of assists. Um, yeah, sorry, this is one we should have looked up uh, before. <clears throat> No, so I, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, you think that Westbrook is going to top out. And exactly, he, because no one ever averaged a triple-double until Westbrook did it. Like, mm-hmm. this is what Westbrook is going to do next year. Yeah. He's going to be on a team with two great players that he is close friends with mm-hmm. who pushed... Like, why did Carmelo push himself to a small market? Because Russell Westbrook is there. Yeah. They're close friends. Because they play basketball mm-hmm. in hooded sweatshirts. Like... This is what they do. Hoodie Mellow. Yeah. I've seen a lot of takes out there, especially looking through Facebook today, seeing people talk about how um, great trade for OKC, but I still don't think they're a top four team in the West. That's ridiculous. Great trade for OKC, but they're going to score 120 points a game but give up 140 per game. I don't see that, man. They still so, got Roberson. Paul George is not a defense like. Melo is a defensive minus, but Roberson and Paul George are going to be guarding the two best players on the opposing teams. But Sam, I'm still shooting from the half court here. Here's yeah. my hot take. Oh, Russell Westbrook will break the NBA record for assists per game next year. This is going to be his challenge. Last yeah. year, it was triple-double. It wasn't oh. just by chance. Every time people are like, what does it mean to, to get triple-double? Like, huh, what? I don't give a fuck. Uh, no, bullshit. He gave a fuck. This year, mm-hmm. on this team, now that he has one MVP, he's going to be assist master. That He's going to stop shooting so much. I think he's going to go for crazy on assists. I think it's going to be like 15, 16 a game. It's going to break all NBA records. Yeah. I'm sorry to our fans right now. I'm not exactly sure what the record is. I thought it was 15.6 per game. Whatever it is, he's going to see it, and he's going to break it. Boom. They call me right now. 
Might have yeah. gone around calling that. I'm calling that. Nice. So I'm gonna. You, um, you like it? You like the heat check? No, nah, you need to take a seat, man. You got a nosebleed right now. You need to see, you need to sit down. You need to sit there one out. I don't see. I don't see him gunning for. I think this is back to this is back to Team Rust getting the wins. I think that this team is gonna score a lot, a lot of points. And if they're smart, and I hope the Billy Donovan manages this well, is that Russ is gonna be hopefully not playing a lot of fourth quarters when they're winning games because you want to keep him fresh. For the playoffs, last year they were all about just letting them run it, run it out out there. Just who do they have behind them? Samaja Christian. Well, if you're ahead by if you're ahead by thirty in the fourth quarter, it doesn't matter, you know. And you still got Paul George on the floor, you know. That's what I think. The, the minutes staggered. staggered the stars. I, th- I that's what I that's what I kind of hope they do. I hope they kind of keep their powder dry a bit for the playoffs and actually make a run at this. I'm so excited, man! I'm so excited. To- it made the season so much more exciting. A season that was already so exciting, it made it so much more exciting. I'm to so see excited this season, that yeah. Houston, Boston. Yeah. And and now uh, OKC have decided to go all in. Boom! When everyone's like chips in, yeah. Oh, like Zach Lowe, Bill Simmons, and yeah. Wojnowski. Everyone's like, hey, you know, teams are sitting out the next two or three years because they're waiting out the Warriors. Like they're more, they're increasing I, their risk I, I, profile. I, I, yeah. I, ha- I haven't seen it. Like I've seen the exact opposite. I've seen. More trades of superstars than ever. Like it's gonna be very, very exciting, man. I, I love it. We should also um, support the case. You know, teams are getting rid of the superstars because they don't think they're good enough. Like, but in this case, I mean, it took a team that was already gonna be unwatchable. Like I wouldn't have watched the Knicks anyway, and it made a team that is watchable more exciting. Yeah, it made the, it made the Oklahoma City even more exciting to watch. I can't even wait. More I would have been watching them that. anyway, but now it's even it's 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 gonna be thrilling. The first OKC. Uh, Thunder game, the first OKC Warriors game. God damn, it's gonna be the first be OKC so Nuggets game. It's gonna be fantastic. So, um. so the third and final question for you, Sam. Oh, yeah. We got the best case, we got the worst case. What is your prediction for their win total? I think uh, I like fifty six, fifty seven. Right wow, that's there. close to your best case scenario. Yeah. You no. said high fifties for the best case scenario. No, so. I think the best case is like sixty, sixty one. Something oh, like wow. that going up there. That's I think so they're gonna be like. I think that this goes. The reason I like to tend to drift close to their best case scenario is again because I think Russell Westbrook drags their basement up so high. Last year, like I have those numbers right in front of me. Last year, Oklahoma City won uh, forty seven games. Ooh, that's a little lower than I thought. Very <laughs> good. So that was good enough for the uh, the the sixteen in the in the playoffs. Um, I don't think Russ lets them get lower than that ever. And the addition of these players, I think, is only adding plus-plus wins. So um, I'll, I'll go 56, 55. I feel maybe I could take the chop a win off there, as I saw. Their, their last season total is a little lower than I thought. Uh, so 56, 55. What about you? What do you feel they, they finish at? You like yeah. the number two seed, so. So, yeah, I like them right around 58. If, if their win total is 57 and a half, I would take the over, yeah, 58 mm-hmm. and a half. I, I, I'd have to consider it, but, like... I, I think they're going to just dominate. I think the talent wins out. They have three superstars on one team. Superstars. Yeah, I, I, I love it, man. I cannot be more excited for the NBA. Speaking of the NBA coming up, we have so much content coming at you over the next two weeks before tip-off. It's amazing. We've got our NBA uh, season over-unders, our NBA futures bets, looking at MVP, Rookie of the Year, all defensive team, all the different prop and future bets we could look at. We're going to do a division breakdown where we look at each division uh, and go in order of the seeds one by one. And the night before tip-off, the night before Christmas, we're hitting you with another NBA trivia pod, one of our favorites. Halloween. Right before Halloween, yeah. Right before, uh, no, before uh, NBA tip-off. No, before Halloween. 
No, that's not the same day. Those are different days. We'll talk about the South Pod. <laughs> NBA tip-off is right before Halloween. And NBA tip-off is October 15th. You said Christmas. I know. the ne- It's a it's a saying, the night before Christmas, right? The like, night before Christmas? Oh, okay. That, that's a night that you get excited for. Ooh, so the I same like way it, you yeah. get excited for the NBA play. Like yeah. NBA Eve. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I like this, yeah. Yeah. Your decision to interrupt with just the word Halloween makes me sick. Anyway, it's good. Uh, Matt, you got to get back to the garden, man. You get too much sun. We love it. Uh, this is us. Thank you very much. Thank you guys very much. And we'll come back to you later this week. Cheers, guys. Thank you.